You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. It's everyone's favorite tournament of the year. The golfers are in Augusta, Georgia to compete for the covered jacket. And DraftKings, the leader in one-day fantasy sports, is putting you in the center of the action by giving you a shot to land in the green. This week, DraftKings is giving you a free shot at $1 million in top prizes when you download and sign up using promo code THPN. If you haven't tried DraftKings, this is the time. It's easy to play. Just pick six golfers, stay under the salary cap, and submit your lineup before the tournament tees off early Thursday morning. Then sit back and follow the action. The more red numbers they have on the leaderboard, the closer you'll be to winning some green. Rack up points by pars, birdies, finishing position, and more. Even though you might not be able to hit the course with the pros, DraftKings is giving you the chance to scratch your competitive itch and reign supreme. Download the DraftKings app now and use the code THPN during sign-up. This week, DraftKings is putting you in the action with a free shot at the $1 million top prize. That's code THPN, and you get a free shot at $1 million top prize. Only at DraftKings. Minimum $5 deposit required. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com for details. Shoot, stop! Alrighty, welcome everyone to episode 24 of the Rig Rats podcast. We are joined here in the dead middle of an Oilers game live with our good friend Kyle. Welcome, Kyle. Hi, people. How are you? Going uh, on? Well, currently watching this Edmonton Oilers game at five o'clock in the afternoon, which is, you know, better than the normal like 1030 at night start time. So Certainly. living life, it's much better, much better. How, how are you doing on this fine Wednesday afternoon? Uh, just swell, you know? Recording a little bit earlier than, than usual? Yeah, getting it out of the way and uh, really getting really getting it going, you know? For sure. And so the Oilers, as we are talking about the Oilers here, we'll get to the game they are playing currently. I thought, as I said last episode, that we would have time to record it later afterwards, but I just don't know what a schedule is at all. And forget mine all the time. So we're recording during the Oilers game. Nice. Unless we score here, unless they score here while we're recording, which they very much could, because I figure we'll probably get through the whole first period here while we're recording. We'll talk about it. And then I'll ask if you want to change your score. However, at the current point, just for everyone, if, if you're wondering, we predicted a four, I predicted a 4-2 win versus Ottawa. You predicted a 3-1 win. So hopefully we'll see if that holds up the Oilers definitely came out flying uh, a lot better than they did versus Montreal so let's talk about that Montreal game then Kyle so we took on Montreal on Monday night um, the night after the last episode came out Uh, it was Mike Smith versus Carey Price one of the hottest goaltenders in the NHL right now and Carey Price um, which is kind of weird but no matter. Um, and we see the same lineup that we saw last game that got the win. Unfortunately, unlike the Ottawa game they're playing right now, they came out really slow. It's been a pretty 
chronic thing that's plaguing them these last four or five games. They have started games quite slow. Um, the Oilers end up getting outshot 15 to five. Um, the Oilers have had an issue with their start. Sometimes they'll come out really hot. And then other times, as we've seen these last couple of games sluggish, what, what do you think goes into like slow starts? Like I get like sitting in a locker room and being tired going into it, but I, I, I don't know, like four or five games in a row, like something's going on there. Like a lot of teams do that. They just kind of start slow. And then next thing you know, they're rolling and like, you know, halfway through the second, they're like, oh, okay, we'll play now. You know, and then they just start showing up. I don't really understand. I never really had that. Like when I was playing, I was either it's going to be a good game from the start or it's going to be a bad game from the start. You know what I mean? I never had that halfway switch, I guess. So I don't I don't really know. I couldn't tell you if I wanted to. But what I can say is we'll hope it, we'll hope they figure it out here. But as we've said, as I've said the last couple podcasts, the one team is being dominated. Looks like this, the Ottawa or not the Ottawa Senators, the Montreal Canadiens should probably be up by a couple goals here. And then for some reason, the way it goes is dying seconds of the period, good fourth line grind shift, Jujar Kara down in the corner, um, spins around, goes for a wraparound. I think he was going to try and shoot the puck and he lost control of it. And it went cross crease backdoor right to Devin Shore, who buries it. Um, If you meant to do it, beautiful pass, beautiful cross crease pass. I mean, not very nice of him to pull the glitch goal on everyone. That's two cheese. Everyone knows that's going. It's got to be skill. But the Oilers go up one nothing when I'd say they probably didn't deserve to be up one nothing in that first period. I would agree. So we're looking then to hopefully bounce back in the second period and maybe build off of what is a pretty lucky one nothing lead after that first period. And we definitely up our chances. I would say the Oilers and Habs um, and the amount of scoring chances they had even out a little bit. But I wouldn't say that's because the Oilers played a lot better defensively. I think the Oilers played better offensively, but the Habs were still getting like really good scoring chances and that sort of stuff, which was just sort of like an underlying theme. Like the Oilers didn't ever really have a grasp of the Habs the whole game. Um, luckily, Darnell Nurse with an absolute beam of a slap shot on the power oh, yeah. play. We got a couple of power plays in the second period, which I think also helped. Um, unfortunately, we were only able to capitalize on the one. Um, and it's just a bomb from, you know, Nurse who continues to have a career year. And yep. that's his first power play goal of the season. All of his 11 others have come at even strength, which is even better. And the one thing I love about this is it was just a slap shot, just him and Carey Price. Not much of a screen in front. Yep. He just looked at him and blew it by Carey Price, which is pretty difficult to do, I would assume. So, I mean, Darnell Nurse, right? Yep. Good on him. You know, I think I don't remember it was it earlier in that power play or it might have been the one before Carey Price made that unbelievable pad stack save just um, about to get to it that was the power play before on on Shason. I think if Shason wow. one times that he scores but he had to <laughs> I agree backhand to his forehand and then shoot but I mean like like you said that that two pad stack from Carey Price I mean that's just an effort play you know because then you saw his his mask balls off there too because I mean so which means the the strap was loose and he still was like, I'm going to make the save. And he just goes across and gives the two pad stack. Beautiful save. There's nothing you can really do on that. That's just good effort. My favorite thing when the goalie's masks come off is you see that like, they're so still dialed in. Like Carey Price comes across, makes a two pad stack. His mask falls off and he's still tracking the puck the whole way, like prepared to make the save. Like I think it was flurry or something like that like made a save a couple years ago without his pad even on right i think back to uh, i think it was garrett sparks 
uh, in the AHL made the glove save without a glove um, in the yep. AHL a couple yep. seasons ago. That was crazy. So I think it's I think it's always cool when you see goalies like fight through the equipment malfunction. Yeah, like they don't even care. They're just like, yep, I'm here, still here. Don't worry about it. So the Oilers, after a better second period, have a 2-0 lead going into the third period. But Montreal still is getting chances. And then just what you need to really spark a comeback. And Carey Price is keeping a minute. To spark a comeback, less than two minutes into the third period, Josh Anderson would score on a pretty nice play, a pretty nice tip play in front. I thought Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones, as a defensive pairing, looked really good. They neutralized a lot of plays. But there also were times, and I think it was just the Oilers in general, they looked really shaky and jumpy in their own end. We had a lot of difficulties like breaking out and dealing with sometimes switching of players and stuff like that. And we see yeah. that on that play where the Josh Anderson switches from Jones's guy to Bear's guy. And that little second when they switch guys that they're supposed to be covering he gets a stick free and puts it past smith i don't know the breakout was really strong early in the season i think teams might have just had more just might have more video on us now um and they're starting to dial in on it because we're starting to get trapped in our own end a little bit too more too much for my liking yeah when you're this far into the season and you're having you're having struggles i mean it's definitely something that maybe you turn to the board and try to draw up something new try to see if something else maybe works in worst case scenario it doesn't you come back to you know your roots but it can't hurt to try something new to see if it'll work you know yeah and so then within three minutes after they score that one goal um darnell nurse with a horrendous giveaway uh right in the middle it goes up to thomas tatar and then he just snipes it past uh smith right upstairs short side nothing you can do on that one that's one where you might want smith to make a save but it's a great shot and a horrible giveaway and just a even worse spot to give the puck away And just like that, it's a tie game. I was really nervous because at that point, I wouldn't have been surprised if the Oilers fell apart a little bit there. And then we lost it in regulation because we've seen that happen a couple of times. But managed to hold the fort. Smith makes some strong saves. And we head to overtime to get the pity point. Um, And then unfortunately, in overtime, with just about less, with 52 seconds left, um, Eric Stahl, who is playing his first game as a Montreal Canadian, comes in and just puts a shot on net, really. Tippett yeah. said, Tippett in the post game was like, it was a good shot, but I think he was just saying that to save his goaltender a little bit. Like, it was a, that's a weak shot. That's a muffin. Smith should save that. I mean, yeah. I mean, he placed it well, but I saw it when I was, when I was watching that happen. I was like, oh my gosh. What do you, it wasn't like, it wasn't like he moved him weird or anything. He just came in, fired a shot and, I mean, I heard you, you could hear the broadcaster saying, like, oh, he uses a long stick. He put it on the toe. It came off. No, that's literally every shot you see ever. I mean, <laughs> sure, maybe it'll change the direct, like the trajectory a little bit, but not enough to not make that save. And compared to the other ones Smith had made just in that overtime alone, right? Like, right. that's yeah. the one that beat you. And it seemed, though, and I was noticing this a little bit with both the Oilers and the Habs. I don't know if you noticed it, but it seemed like they were very content to let the other team have the open, like the shot on net. And then and then they would let them have the shot and then take control of the rebound. As long as there wasn't rebound or the other team retaking control after the shot, both teams were very happy. Like we even saw it in the first minute um, with Dreisaitl McDavid on the ice. They were like. Yeah. yeah, they just take the shot. Smith made the save and then you transition to offense kind of. Um, and it seemed like even the Habs were doing that. They let David come in and take a couple shots at a couple times. But as long as there are no rebounds, no like obvious two on ones, both teams were pretty happy letting the team shoot. 
it's definitely a strategy and obviously it shows a lot of trust in your goalie there. And, you know, as you were saying, that's, that's a save that Mike Smith makes, you know I mean? Nine times out of 10, I think he makes that save. I don't think it's, you know, completely off base to let him try to get that one to block it down and give possession to your offense, you know? So, I mean, it's just, I understand that strategy, but I don't quite, uh, I don't know that it would be my strategy, but it makes sense to play like that to, to a point at least. So the Oilers dropped the extra point after being up two to nothing, disappointing, um, happy to get, take the point, like all the points count. But uh, again, they have some difficulty with the, with the Montreal Canadians. What do you think? What do you think's up with that? Do you think it's just that they, they play that grind style or, or, or maybe they're just hitting us in like sort of weird moments? Yeah. I mean, I think there's definitely a possibility for a couple of like a combination of things. Uh, you know, it could be that they are playing that, that the little more aggressive style of hockey that the Oilers just aren't really accustomed to necessarily. And it could be, that's just weird timing and they they're getting good opportunities. But I think, honestly, I, I think it is probably the first, the first option. I think it, I think it is just, that's the way they play hockey. Like that, that first goal, that's a guy sitting in front waiting for the puck and it just goes off a stick and in. That's just a grind style of hockey is I'm going to sit in front and battle you guys until I can put the puck in the net. I think really that's it. That's, that's what the dagger is um, when playing the Montreal Canadiens. I predicted as usual, five, three win, and it didn't pay off at all. You predicted a three, two Oilers regulation win. However, I'll give you a point, a pity point, if you will. Um, for predicting the correct score no matter what so you take a pretty healthy four point lead on me at 24 to 20 and like i said we're currently watching uh the oilers game right now and i believe the edmonton oilers have scored actually on the power play leon Drysidle from mcdavid and tyson berry on the power play um about halfway through the first period so that's a good start as we get to the ottawa game we like i said earlier we predicted a 4-2 win for me and a 3-1 win for you and we have miko koskinen in net so with the oilers up one nothing at the 742 mark of the first period do you want to stick with your 3-1 prediction or do you want to change it uh no i'm gonna stay with mine i think i think it's i think that's the correct score right there i think uh you know, it's good to have the boys score in the middle of the period. I think uh, and the shots are currently seven to two for the Oilers. So it looks like they're not they're not missing any speed versus the Ottawa Senators. I think I'm going to stay with my three one. I'm going to stick with my four two. I think it's going to be a pretty, pretty big <coughs> for the Oilers, um, especially after some disappointing five games. And interesting enough, this is the first half of a back-to-back. Um, however, we are going to take a quick break before we talk about the upcoming games and get to some NHL news um, so I can watch a little bit more of this game and you know stop talking to you, Kyle, for a second. And then we'll be back and we can talk about the upcoming games and news and wrap this baby up. All right, we'll be right back. be really interesting like i like pinto and i i remember everyone like and this is the thing that i think sense fans need to start realizing we need to stop looking at the draft 
We really need to stop looking at a player being like, he was drafted way too early. You know who you can make an argument who was drafted way too late? Mark Stone. Sixth round pick and now he's making nine and a half million dollars. Pajot, drafted I think in the fifth round and making five million. Hoffman, Welcome to the Sense Hour Podcast, your number one source for Sense content, part of the Hockey Podcast Network, hosted by Shane from Ottawa and... And Derek from Muskoka, almost near Leaf Country out here. Um, but I think Clevin was, was right up there because they traded up to get him uh, with the Leafs. And again, they, they passed up some talented players for a guy like Clevin, but now Clevin's all of a sudden looking like a talented player himself. Like that goal that he scored um, in the third game in UND was outrageous. It was just not something you're expecting from the Twitter scouts, especially. <laughs> Sends our podcast, your number one stop for all your Senators content. New episodes coming at you every Monday and Thursday, part of the Hockey Podcast Network. Have a good one. Stay safe. Take care. Alrighty, and we are back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, still one nothing for the Edmonton Oilers. However, we have the second half of the back-to-back versus the Ottawa Senators coming up tomorrow, um, the day this episode will come out. Um, hopefully, if our both of our predictions, at least of an Oilers win, come true, the Oilers will be 8-0 and versus the Ottawa Senators. They will be sitting at a record of 13-23-4, and and... The Oilers with the final game of their season versus the Ottawa Senators. Kyle, how do you feel? Obviously a back-to-back, but it's versus the same team. So both teams should be equally as tired. And it's the last game versus Ottawa. So my first question is, how are you feeling about the back-to-back? We'll obviously see Smith and Nett for the final game. And then what is your take on the final Ottawa series as a whole? I think, uh, as I mentioned last podcast, I think this is uh... – your only undefeated po- or your only undefeated uh, series left. You know uh, this is this is the only one that they haven't lost yet. Um, I think you fight to keep that one pretty hard. You know, so uh, at least if anything, the, the least thing that you can say for the season is we did not lose to the Ottawa Senators one time. I think that's I think that's what you should strive for at this point in time for these two games right now. If we so, want to I mean, follow like the the meme of like when the Nashville Predators put like the really bad banner up, that that's the Oilers yeah. really yeah, ba- the, Oilers the really banner. bad yeah. banner they raise next year. Undefeated lose. the Ottawa Senators twenty twenty one. Exactly, I think that would be my favorite banner hey, ever. If that comes true, though, they will be the only Canadian team to have technically technically because Ottawa will not have played any other team in the NHL. The Oilers will be the only undefeated team versus the Ottawa Senators in the entire NHL if they are to do it. <laughs> well, hey, that's an accomplishment in itself. So I mean, we'll we'll uh we'll go for the hope on that one. As far as a score prediction, um I think it's going to be a tight game tomorrow night. I think I'll, I'm going to predict a 4-3 regulation win. You got to think if the Oilers win this game that we're watching right now, and then we turn around tomorrow night, the Ottawa Senators, tired or not, will probably that will probably be I would expect the hardest game versus Ottawa of all. Yeah, season, right? yeah. Because they are going to play so hard to not right because they on the other side of the Oilers trying to be undefeated don't yeah. want to lose every game to the Edmonton Oilers. So right, right we should expect their strongest game like they're going to be running us every chance they get i think because of that yeah i would, I would um agree. but i think 
them running it's going to lead to maybe a little bit more of an open and we get a 5-3 win baby <laughs> welcome back 5-3 welcome back uh all righty so then our final game to talk about of the episode will be a battle of alberta this saturday versus the calgary flames we are currently five and two on the season series this will be our seventh game we, that means we still have three more battles of alberta for the rest of the season um which is pretty exciting and the Flames are sitting with a record of 16, 21, and 3. I think we saw the Flames are starting to struggle. I think they had their little blip when they got their new head coach. And I've been watching <clears throat> some more videos on why, I don't know, I've been watching a lot of videos on people laughing and, and breaking down why that's not going to work and what's going on with the Flames right now. And I, the more and more I watch stuff like that, the more and more I think Daryl Sutter probably shouldn't really be a head coach in the NHL. I think his yeah. tactics are a little bit tired and we're, we're starting to see that there. He's also unnecessarily hard. I don't know. I'd like, I always, I don't think rehiring someone who was previously in your organization before is really ever a good idea. Um, the Oilers have had it hurt them back in the past before. And I think the flames might be seeing that here now, obviously he's not huge in the decision-making, but the flames are starting to struggle a little bit again. I don't know. They're, they're tight games, and I feel like the Oilers are, are in a little bit of a – they're still trying to find themselves at the moment. Um, they were pretty confident, and after some some stretches and that little break, uh, the COVID break versus Montreal, I still think they're re trying to refine themselves again. Um, so I think this will be a tighter game. Um, I'd like to see it maybe go to overtime, maybe a little bit of a barn burner. I'll say 5-4 overtime win. I like that prediction, honestly. I'll, I'll go with you on that one. You're gonna you, join uh, me on the five four. I'll you can. If you don't mind some company. I'll uh, I'll join you on that one. I think that's a I think it's a, a good prediction. You know, they're always tight. And listen, think, we uh, we might be competitors, but this is a friendly competition, buddy. So we're pals. You we'll, know, we're pals. We'll be friendly. You're more than welcome to join me on on the five <laughs> five four overtime win. Perfect. Sounds that'll like be a fun. Fun, that'll be a fun game to watch. I'll say that. Yeah. Yeah. It'll give me a heart attack, but it'll be a fun game to watch. No, oh, of course. Naturally. Alrighty, so now we have our NHL news before we wrap things up here. Um, I've just got two things on the docket. They're not very big. Well, one of them's bigger than the other. Uh, the first one is, unfortunately, a little bit of North Division news. Blake Wheeler is going to be out for the rest of the season with concussion-like symptoms. Um, that's a pretty big loss for the Winnipeg Jets, who are just above the Edmonton Oilers. So we'll see what happens. I think now this is where the spotlight is on Pierre-Luc Dubois. If we want to talk about them for a second, because yeah, like they didn't bring him in really because they didn't want him to be first line center type deal. I think he's playing quite well. And I'm pretty sure him and Wheeler were playing together at times uh, recently, but I think now with Wheeler out now, they might really lean on Dubois and Shifley there. I saw I think a couple of days ago that, it was in like the last 14 or 15 games or something like that. Dubois, Wheeler, and Shifley had only – each of them had like three or four goals in like the last 14 games, which, you know, isn't – insanely isn't like terrible. But for your top guys, you know, you, you're looking for a little bit more production there um, in, that, in that level, in that many games at least. So, I mean – I'll be interested to see what happens. You hate to see somebody go out with head injuries. Head injuries are terrible. I've had my fair share. You know, nobody likes it. it gets you all woozy and it affects your whole day to day. It's not fun. So, uh, you know, I, hate, I always hate seeing when guys are out with concussions, um, regardless of who they play for. 
I wouldn't wish that on the biggest scumbag in the league, you know? So, at, at Brad Marchand. I still wouldn't wish it on him. Um, but, you know, I, I hope he recovers well, and uh, we'll see what the opportunity there gives for uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois, see if he, you know, steps up and fills the role. Then some more NHL news coming out of the NHL North Division. The Canucks have added more players to the COVID protocol list. Um, it is up to 21 uh, players, coaches, and staff right now. And my only question for that, Kyle, is do the Vancouver Canucks shut their season down or not? I mean, the tough part about it is there's not a lot of time left. Yeah, and <laughs> we saw, we saw, we've seen other teams be affected quite heavily, but that was like month one, you know, game yeah, 10. With plenty of time to yeah. enter games. And, and obviously it sucks. You know, that would be tough the rest of the division, at least I would say, just because, you know, there's, there's a lot of, a lot of games left to be played by the Vancouver Canucks. Well, there's not a ton of time left in the season. There's still, you know, three or four games. You know, some teams are still looking to play three or four games against the Canucks. In the grand scheme of things, it doesn't seem like a lot, but when every team is supposed to play them, you know, a certain amount of times, then you're then you're getting into territories of, you know, now you got to look at point percentage, you know, for think, standings. Do you think the NHL of, would add any extra games versus other people? Do you think they'd mess with the schedule and have, like, the Oilers, I think they've got three more games, three, four more games, like you're saying, versus the Canucks. Do you think they maybe have, may have to make up some of those games versus right, play say, different like, teams? Yeah. Play some other teams that missed games. Like a Winnipeg or a, right. Cause uh, every yeah, team, I mean, like you said, is going to, if they shut their season down is going to miss games. So do you right. think they make, they miss up those missed games versus each other? Or do they think, all right, you know what, instead of playing 56, you're all going to play, you know, the, the 52 or, or whatever. And then we'll go back from there. I think if they could figure out a way to make it to evenly spread those games out and get everybody to play, you know, whatever, 56 or something, I think that would be a smart move, honestly, because um, then guys aren't, you know, getting tired or whatever. Um, because I, I've seen the last thing I saw about it was they were thinking possibly use that week gap. There's like a week in between regular season and when playoffs is supposed to start. They were saying the North Division might have to use that week to play their games. So, I mean, it would be certainly a tough thing. And it would definitely, you know, impact the North a little bit just because then they'd be going into the playoffs a little uh, little banged up. Not, not necessarily, you know, it's not crazy because it's just a week. But a week off definitely helps with the rest, you know. I'm, I'm interested to see... Do you, think, do you think that I, so I would say they'd probably have to shut the whole season. They'd shut, shut their season down and then just have everyone stop the games played and go off point percentage. Because if right. I'm some of the teams, like if I'm Edmonton and if I, I would much rather play Vancouver than say like any of the other three, like if, right. If we have to play Montreal, Winnipeg or Toronto, right. Those are three teams that, I don't think we could, we, we would lose those games necessarily, but, but they're, they're going to, I tougher. think they're yes, considerably tougher than the Vancouver Canucks this season. Right. So I think those teams are going to be a lot more, would be a lot more frustrated with that compared to, you know, Ottawa, they've got four games left versus the Vancouver. And now, Oh, we got to play Edmonton again. That would suck for them. And, and then also in that sense, what about the teams that has to make up the games versus Ottawa? Right. Because right. Vancouver is a significantly tougher opponent than Ottawa. So I think it, it throws some some weird unfairness <laughs> in there. And I think people would complain. So I think if the NHL is trying to be safe, 
they probably just shut it down and go off point percentage. As much as that sucks, I think that is the best option there, just off of uh, for a fairness point, I would say. Because what else do you do? You know, just like just like you were talking about, it, you can't if you fill those games. Well, you can't have. It's not like every team is playing. You know, I mean, what however they um, the Canucks. It's not like each team is playing the exact same team. They're all going to play different teams, and you know that would be just different. You know, because if you're playing any of the top four, that's tougher than playing the Canucks. But if you're playing, you know, the bottom couple teams, that's easier than playing the Canucks. So it's like, where where's the balance there? What do you? So I think, I think point percentage would definitely have to be the thing if they shut down the season. Well, I wish the Vancouver Canucks players and staff that are affected by it a speedy recovery. Hopefully they don't have to shut down the season and the Vancouver Canucks can make up those games and we can keep playing. Other than that, though, do you got anything else for me, my friend? That's it, man. All righty. Well, then I am going to wrap this sucker up. The Edmonton Oilers are still winning one nothing over the Ottawa Senators. So hopefully that trend continues and hopefully they get all the way up to a 4-2 win. Fingers crossed, knock on wood. Other than that, be sure to follow. Be sure to follow the podcast on Twitter. Uh, that's going to be at the rig underscore rat on Twitter. And then be sure to subscribe, leave a comment um, anywhere you're listening to this podcast right now. Um, SoundCloud, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts, wherever you're listening to it helps out a great deal. So thanks so much. And as always, let's go Oilers. Oilers.